Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. We are live. Graham Brown here. This is Pitch Deck Asia. We are showcasing some of the best startups from around the region of Asia, different categories, different verticals. Joined today by Adrian Pearson from Expon. Welcome. Thank you, Graham. And uh, we just had a little chat off air. I'm very jealous of your trilingual capabilities, just to prove that you are actually trying. You are the first trilingual person in the studio. I think. I'm very honoured. There's people who are fluent, but not native level. So just give us an introduction, maybe a little bit in English, a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of French. Um, hi, my name is Adrian Pearson. Uh, I am French. Uh, bonjour, je suis Adrien Pearson et je suis français. Uh, hola, buenos dias. Soy Adrien y soy francés. Yeah, very smooth. That will do. Yeah. You're a man, obviously, who has um, a, a good vantage point from many different cultures, a good people watcher, which I suppose, in a way, segs quite nicely into the subject of today, which is about events, people, experience. Have you ever thought about, before we sort of get into it, have you ever thought about your background and how that sort of, you know, away from the professional side, your cultural background, lived in many different places, seen many different people, sometimes from the outside as well, looking in as a new person in a new country. How does that sort of affect your ability to be good at when it comes to events and organizing events and sponsoring events? I mean, events, the great thing about events is, 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 you know, people have fun. It's all about fun. It's the concept of, of play, whether you go to a concert, whether you go to a football match, wherever it may be. Even if it's a conference, people chat. Um, I've always been more of a, an observer. I have, a, you know, looking at why people say what they do rather than what they say, um, how they express themselves. Um, and I just finished a master's on, on that topic. Mm. Um, and it's incredible what, got, you know, what goes on in our mind, um, how much of that impacts our behavior and our thought process and our decision-making process. Um, and the events world, whatever it may be, um, you know, whether it, it, it's in a stadium or it's, it's a group of 10 people, um, our discussion on a one-to-one -one basis would be very different if there would be four of us because yeah. we'll, we'll, we would feed off um, what the other people are saying or not saying. Um, you know, and that's what I enjoy. I've always tried to to be in that kind of, uh, of field. Yeah, you're acute to the social dynamic, I suppose. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the market that we're in first. So we're going to talk about brand experience. Is that fair enough? That would be different to branding, brand management, and maybe sort of more of the old school style of marketing. I think the digital world is 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 obviously everywhere. Um, so you know, I'm forty plus. Uh, so when you experience a brand, is digital is the way you're going to know about that brand. But but you need to to touch it, to feel it, to speak to someone who's related to it. Um, <clears throat> an event is, whether it's a conference, a trade show, or just a happy hour in a bar, um, the connection, the, the closeness of, of, of yourself with that brand and with the people that represent that brand, whether it's a salesman, the owner, or the CEO, yeah. um, you'll always be connected to it. Um, you know, I, Don't ask me why, but I've, well, I do know why, but I've always worn... Adidas rather than Nike. And I know why. It's because my my footballing hero, uh, which used to play for Real Madrid, used to wear Adidas. Yeah. And and I've never thought about it. But but it's just attending a game and I and I've always kept that. Um and I think events um 
it just brings you closer yeah. than, than a screen with even a TV screen in back in the 80s. Yeah. You, you, make, you mentioned a really interesting point, Adrian, that in this digital age, we still need to touch and feel the brand. And, you know, if you think about it, without getting too philosophical, before we get into the market and the pitch deck, that, I don't know, 200,000 years of human history or human evolution, the last 11 to 15 have been social media only, digital. Mm. So point whatever percent, a percentage of a percentage. Yet our whole sort of interaction has been based around this analog offline world. And you're trying to, I suppose, take that into the 21st century as well. I mean, if you look at events, for example, you mentioned like sports and so on. Some of the great brands like the Red Bulls of this world built, built themselves purely out of events and then added a digital strategy to that as well. I mean, events is the content. Um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. If you don't have an event that you attend to, take a selfie of yourself at a stadium or, or buying a new football shirt in a shop. Um, you, digital media transposes onto a wider world what happens in the real world. Yeah. In the real world... Um, you're not going to take a selfie and say, hi, I'm at work. But you'll say, yeah, hi, I'm having a drink with my friends in this bar and I haven't seen this guy for seven years and he's just dropping by in Singapore. That's an event in itself. Um, so it is all about real life. Digital is only uh, transposing. You yeah. know, it's, it's, you know. Uh, augmenting. Augmenting. Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's jump in. Let's look at the, <clears throat> the pitch deck. Y you've given us a, a bit of a background on the market. Um, and there's a couple of slides here on the pitch deck. And bear in mind, some people might actually be listening rather than seeing this. So we need to be a bit descriptive. So you're talking about the experience economy and also how marketers are using that. So you've mentioned sport. You've mentioned hanging out in a bar. What is the experience economy for those who need a definition? The experience economy is everything that you can touch uh, and then you can feel. Um, is not only something that you can see. If, um, let's say if you have a coffee shop, a coffee shop uh, 20 years ago is I sell coffee, here is the price, um, the goods and services are um, uh, very well displayed and you leave the shop and you might come back. But today when people do buy a coffee, um, is uh, the cup sustainable? Can it be recycled? What's going on in the kitchen? Are the people well paid? Yeah. Uh, do they have social security? Do Are they well taken care of? Are the people in this shop, do they represent me? Can I associate myself and sit down next to the person? Um, are they nice the, to me? Are they nice to yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. Um, when I buy coffee, uh, do they give me uh, free sugar? Do I, it's all of these, that is an experience. And yeah. and and today when you go to, to an event, whether it's a conference, a sports event, anything, um, you're not just attending the event. You're attending an environment in which you feel comfortable. Uh, and brands, um, especially smaller brands, startups and SMEs, you can't, you're not McDonald's. You're not going to spend $100 million in sponsoring the Olympics. You've only got maybe $5,000. But to, to, to grab the attention of 5,000 people at an event, you can't be the main sponsor. Mm. You're not a big car brand. You're not a big um, uh, credit card brand. So you're associating, you're pretty much tagging on onto an event that already exists um, and you're part of the experience. You associate your brand to something that represents you. Right. So uh, is this, we'll talk about the solution in a minute, just so we know where we're going. Obviously, you've mentioned, for example, like the Olympics and the big sponsors, if you're the McDonald's or the Cokes, these guys already have that worked out, but there seems to be a huge 
market underneath that? Is that where we're going with this? That there's a lot of people who want to be associated with these events, but don't have the million dollar budgets to throw at headline sponsorship. That's exactly where you're going. Um, that's why Expon exists. Um, before I did Expon, I had I had a small company in 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 golf, and I wanted to reach out to uh, a very niche pocket of of customers in Southeast Asia, particularly in Singapore, and that's sponsoring small events of fifty to a hundred people somewhere in Singapore. Uh, it could be a private right. club. Um, so I can do it, but the time to f- the time I had to dedicate to find that event and just spend $2,000 and say to that event, do you mind if I just tag along to this and sponsor you and give you a bit of money and, and we can promote my brand, which will be relevant. Yeah, um, That's what it is. I don't have, as a startup, I didn't have the cash that I needed uh, and I wasted so much time trying to find that event. Yeah. And that's what Expon tries to do. So traditional sponsorship would involve a lot of humans and manpower i guess you'd need like a sponsorship manager and you'd need like all those account managers which a startup doesn't have access to so i guess you know that's where coke has departments of people and agencies working on it they've been doing it for for decades Uh, yeah it could be a bud light advert in the super bowl i mean that's a sponsorship that's you know any any football uh, team even if it's the fourth division in the uk they have sponsorship managers they know precisely what they're doing um but i'm talking about the 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 99% of the business world which are SMEs and startups um the long tail the right? long tail yeah. absolutely so so i mean that and that i mean we'll go back into that later but but that's the trickiness of, of getting the stickiness and mm. the sufficient numbers uh is it's a lot easier today to go digital to say right i'm going to go on to facebook or i'm going to go on to linkedin i want to spend x thousands of dollars and i'm going to reach out to a vast audience and i can do that in 10 minutes yeah uh but the feedback you're going to get is 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 relatively small, unless you spend hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And you actually need somebody, an agency, to do that as well now. Yeah. Like with Facebook ads, a great example. The door's closed, really. Yeah. All the arbitrage has gone out of the market. You know, it used to be good in the early days of Facebook ads. You could go in, buy stuff cheap. Now it's, you know, you're getting a market price effectively. And it's so a it's complex tough. thing to do, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's have a look at the problem then. You started by defining it. If we jump into slide five, um, you're talking about lack of resources here. I want to understand from the other side, does it make sense, for example, like if I was a startup and I wanted to sponsor a golf tournament, you know, and I only had $2,000, when, when does that, when do the economics of that actually make sense? Because you may argue that what's the point of sponsoring a hundred people? How, how do you make that sort of stack up? So let's look at the problem side yeah. first. We've looked at the lack of resources. We talked about lack of departments and managers and the history. What about from the other side in terms of the economics? Does it make sense? It depends what you do. So if you are selling biscuits, it's irrelevant to sponsor a golf tournament. Right. If you are a um, headhunter or if you are a recruiting firm on which uh, each recruitment at 500 grand, you may get 20 to 25% of the salary of that person. If you relate it to $2,000 on mm. the assumption you meet very high-end, high net worth um, CXOs of that golf tournament, and you take within 12 months, a run rate of 12 months, or I've just spent $2,000 on that event. If I recruit one person for one of these CEOs, I've spent 1% on my margin. It's it's a pretty good turn. I mean, it's a pretty good return. And let's not forget a lot of things uh, today do go 
offline. Uh, a lot of business goes offline. Um, deals are not made on Facebook. Deals are not made on LinkedIn. The connection is made through uh, digital media, uh, but a lot of things happens on, on offline. And trade shows, it, it's a handshake. It's it may get signed later. Um, but events do have this human to human connection. Now, I may yeah. be old fashioned, uh, but I'm I'm a strong believer in 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 the strength of the human connection yeah. in a sales perspective. Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, you don't sponsor to be cool. You sponsor to sell. Yeah. That's that's the true objective is to get leads and to get your business to do better. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. To the critics that may say it's going online. Like the human connection is not going away offline. That is never going to go. We still live offline. All the meaning, all the relationships are offline. So that's where business is going to happen. I think you can maybe buy something online, but ultimately the relationship is consolidated face to face, right? And especially what you're talking about, like headhunting or anything where there's a high level or a high ticket price, the, the higher the ticket price, the more that has to be offline, I think. You know, maybe you can buy something expensive online, but trust is really formed in the real world, I suppose, right? Yeah, and and I mean, and I'll iterate into, you know, what what's very important is the profile of the brand and and how fast the execution needs to be in, in the business world. If you are BMW, if you are Audi, it makes sense to sponsor golf and it will cost you like HSBC, big brands that have always sponsored, we're talking about golf. So, um, but if you're a startup and, 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 and you raise money, your investors expect you to grow and to grow fast. Yeah. Um, so digital is great. It's not one or the other. It's doing both. Um, so it's not saying, oh, forget Facebook, forget Slink. No, do exactly the same as you were doing before. Yeah. Um, but also add that little brick that may only account for 20 to 25% of your marketing budget. Um, by no means it is transfer everything to offline. It's just doing both and doing it quickly. Mm. Uh, to say, oh, there's this event in three weeks and it's only x thousands of dollars it makes sense it fits into my strategy but today people don't think about it because they don't know where that event is happening yeah that's the problem it's the imperfect market isn't it so that's where your solution comes in before we look at the solution i want to ask you it and just so we can clarify for the listeners as well you've talked about for example like the audis and the bmw sponsoring and they would sponsor more as a branding exercise i suppose which is a bit more nebulous isn't it it's the, sort of the old sort of advertising adages we don't know where our leads are coming from, right? We're just sort of throwing money out there to create this brand. Yet for a startup, that's less important, I suppose, unless they're fundraising maybe. For them, it's leads, yep. which is more sort of, I suppose, equivocal to what they can get on Facebook and so on. That's what people want. They, they're not really interested in building um, you know, a mass brand at this stage. They just want to get leads because it's cash, it's growth at this stage, right? So. You know, if you are BMW and if you are Audi, you don't need Expon. They have all of that internally and they've been doing it for decades. Right. Um, a, a, a startup or an SME um, has, as you say, different needs um, and it's very local. It's very localized. Um, so it's by city. What happens in Singapore, what happens in Bangkok, what happens in Hong Kong, that relates to my target audience. Um, and, and so since you're not spending hundreds of thousands, you're going to go to events uh, that are smaller by definition, but are even better because the niche that they are capturing um, is very specific yeah. and very responsive. Yeah, interesting. Well, I want to see the solution because I'm going to ask you questions. I think even for a startup of our size, 
we would be interested in understanding what kind of events are out there available. And it just comes down mm. to like lack of information. I don't know how to approach that event or that meetup or that group of people and start that conversation. And I don't even know if they would entertain a conversation mm. that they have somebody who deals with that, whether they're open to sponsorship, all those kind of issues, which just, there's too much friction. I'll just park it and I won't bother. I'll just do Facebook ads. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the solution. So if we can look at um, slide six. Okay, Adrian, what do we have? It's a platform. So I guess there's two sides to the market here. There's the event owners and sponsors, and you're brokering the two. How does it work? Um, very practically, you have, um, as you say, you've got two sides. So you have the event organizer uh, that will post his events on to the platform and say, right, my event is taking place on that date. He'll fit out the details. But we go a step deeper, which is what you potential sponsor is in need is the event. You could potentially find it on the internet, but what are they selling? What is the uh, sponsorship availability? Mm. Uh, so they have the events and then they say, I, you can sponsor the bar. You can sponsor the lanyards you can sponsor whatever it is so it's just really uh, setting out all of these mm. different things that they're selling so what they call inventory uh, so they register that, that event online uh, and then on the other side you've got um, brands like yourself sme mm. startups or even uh, business units of larger groups that go well i'd like to sponsor something in q4 2019 that uh, targets 35 to 40 year old singaporeans or expats or mm. specifically italians where are the events that take place so they could do it but it will take them a week yeah so by a press of a button they'll know which events in singapore in bangkok in hong kong in jakarta take place uh, that reach out to that target audience. So, okay. Fantastic. I get that bit. Give me an example of an event that may be on this platform. So what, I know you've talked about golf, but maybe other sort of examples out there. Um, so I don't know if the girls will watch this, but there's an event in uh, Sentosa in November, which is called Soulscape, uh, yeah. which is a massive event around wellness, yoga, um, the girls who are organizing it um, have been in, in this field for, for a while, but there's only a few of them. They, they need help in yeah. gaining brands. So the way an event works is you'll have main sponsors. So you'll have the AIA, you'll have the BMW, and yeah. you have one big brand that covers a, a good chunk of, of, of the costs. But then all the little ones... Um, there are just as important because that's what people go to. Yeah. Uh, when you go to like the rugby event, you'll have a DHL and HSBC. Uh, that's a credit card and people who send parcels. These two brands expect the audience to have fun during these two days. And that's a beer stall. That's a guy selling funny hats. Uh, that, it's, it's just all the activities around that. And all of these smaller brands they need to be found. Mm. Uh, they need to be contacted, um, and that's where that's where we're that's where we're at. That's the mm. kind of, of 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 target market that we're at. We're helping the event um, sell smaller value sponsorship, uh, and we're helping smaller brands think. Oh my God, this event for me it was just the HN and HBC was untouchable. Actually, I can be part of this. So this is great. So traditionally now, I mean, if we look, for example, like we spend a lot of our time in the startup world, we have a lot of startups like yourselves come here as well, and they are always hungry for leads like any business growing. The options available at this stage are exhibitions, really, and they're once a year, 
And maybe, for example, if you're a startup, there may be in your space three or four exhibitions in a year. There's like the big mothership exhibition, which I won't name who they are, but they're out there, which they, they do their job. And then there's maybe the more vertical specific ones, like you might be travel hospitality or you may be in a retail space, for example. So there's those. Those exist. However, as a startup, my issue with those is cost. Um, and when you get there, that do I get the the kind of return? You know, if I'm spending maybe ten to fifteen thousand on a booth, you know, you might only spend like two or three thousand on the actual booth, but it's all the other stuff that goes with it plus the time. How do I get the footfall? And I get a lot of random people come round and pick up the stuff that's available on the the counter for free, all that stuff. So that's out there. How do you do a better job than the exhibitions? Okay. What you just mentioned is the perception of sponsorship that 95% of the people will have me included before I started Expon. Uh, sponsorship is about reaching out to people in their environment. Mm. So we're not talking about an exhibition who might use Expon, but th that's their job. They need to get sponsored. They've been doing it for decades. What I'm saying is that there are a lot of things that do take place and they don't have sponsorship. It could be a community football tournament that's organized by people who do it on the side and they have a full-time job. Um, I play rugby in a league every Saturday. There are sponsors, but there could be so much more. But because people don't, simply don't have the time. Yeah. Um, maybe a group of restaurants. They have a lot of things happening, but they don't get sponsorship. But they, I'll give you an example. Um, there's a, a ladies' night happening every Wednesday in a bar, which I won't name. There's 150 ladies of a certain profile if a brand that wants to reach out to ladies between 30 and 40 say i can give you a thousand dollars worth of my products or services yeah. that event exists nowhere because sponsorship is sold by people who are official event organizers but let's say a school an international school right. that school is not an event organizer they appear in no statistics on events. So the, the, the $65 billion market of sponsorship is the NFL, is the NBA, is the Premier League, is all of these people. But a school, um, I'm French, as we said earlier on, uh, you've got an event, the largest um, French community event in Singapore is the French school, is 5,000 French people. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are brands in the world that want to reach out to expats just to get visibility maybe but also yeah. feedback because if you're a brand and i'll just you know, give you that example if you're a brand in france that wants to uh, develop products or service in southeast asia and you say well do i do a market research but why don't i just sponsor that event for two thousand dollars and get instant feedback from people who are french i'll say well your product will never work because it's too hot here it'll yeah. melt yeah and that's it you can go back home and say right uh, let's go and Saved ourselves a lot of money and time there. Yeah. So sponsorship is not only about getting, is no, by no means having your logo on a poster or on a t-shirt. Yeah. It's about getting real feedback from customers, from users and being associated. So that's where the psychology comes into it is the association of your brand to an environment, to an event. So if you go to a music festival of, 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 country music and you associate your brand to that that person will always associate to brands mm -hmm. or country music whether it's good or bad but that's so powerful in in someone's mind in a consumer's yeah. mind yeah th there's a lot of work to do on both sides of the market as well isn't there? and it sounds like by giving them the tools a for the 
event owner, the in- inventory owner, effectively, you're giving them the tools to identify what their inventory might be. A lot of people probably don't know. You know, we just do this rugby tournament once a year. We don't know that this could be sponsor worthy. So, and I guess where you're dealing with people who whose business is not sponsorship, not organizing events like a, an exhibition, they're really about communities, aren't they? And what you're now doing is helping them monetize that and understanding that there's potential relationships there. So on that side, you're sort of trying to professionalize it for them. And on this side as well, the sponsor side, they don't know these people exist. So as an example, I'm ambushing you a little bit here, Adrian, so apologies. If Let's say for a, a media company like ourselves, we would want to access, and this gets really specific. So is there, my question would be, is there an event for us, right? For example, we would like to access uh, brands who want to create their own podcast series, typically aiming at the CEO, CMO, that kind of thing. Um, platform type brands like the Zeros and the Air Asias of this world. How do we find an event like that? You know, where would you go? Because maybe you come up a point where the request is so specific, there isn't an event for that. How would you start with that? Do I have to sort of change my request or do I have to dig a little bit harder? We, I mean, the platform. We're not. We're. We're. We will never be um, uh, at this stage so arrogant to say we're using AI and we're using lots of technology at the moment. It's a very good old fashioned myself and and our team that you will say this is who we are. This is Graham. This is there's a team of three. This is what we do. This is our product. This is our service. Um, and you leave that on the platform as of today. You leave it. Um, we associate you to potential events through keywords. What mm. are you looking for? So you're looking for CXOs in Singapore uh, and you want to do that from Q3 because you have all the material, but you don't have it now. So from September onwards. So there's two, it's a two way thing. One, um, the events that post their inventory that may match the machine will do that matching quite simply because you want to reach out CXOs. They have CXOs happy days. We'll push that to you. And on the platform, you can, you have the chat, you can communicate, you can pay through Stripe, you can do whatever you want. Um, but also what you, what you offer, your added value may not even been thought of, of event organizers. And that's where we come in because we go and speak to them on a regular basis and mm. we say, Oh, you're organizing an event with CXOs in November for your whatever. Um, and we'll say, well, by the way, these are these people they'd like to do that kind of thing for CXOs. I think maybe that, that would be a good idea. So we're not the good Samaritans of sponsorship, but I think there comes a point where like Facebook and like LinkedIn connects individuals. Uh, we're also here to connect startups and SMEs um, because there's so much business to be done. Mm. And through partnerships, uh, you can go a lot faster by tapping into each other's competencies. Uh, and that's where also we come in. So give okay. me a few months. Go on to uh, Xbon and then yeah. we'll get you something. Well, if you look at the, the progress of Netflix, for example, like they gathered all that data about the buyers who are effectively the viewers and then went back to say, look, these are the gaps in the market. We need a show which is for this age group, this themes, this length and so on. So actually they had enough data to be able to say to the suppliers, who in your case would be the inventory owners, to say look, somebody needs to organize this event. We need an, an event, like you say, for 30 to 39-year-old women, expats in this area, these themes. If somebody can organize it, we've got ready-made sponsors. Do you think we can get to that stage? Yes, I mean, we've, we're, I mean at the moment, we're still sort of in, in the early stage, but two of our um, 
future hopefully clients will um so they have the ability they have the staff they have the venue and they have the technical ability to to create something a bit crazy i won't say mm. what it is but it, but it's a bit mad they go honestly we, we we're not doing it because we need twenty thousand dollars um but we haven't got the time to go and get the sponsor it's complex it, it, it's a bit of a crazy idea um if you can find a, a brand that corresponds to that idea that's ideal that's perfect yeah. So the great thing about this platform is it's the ability to see ahead is the ability to create without having any um, overheads linked to it. So if you have an idea and say, I want to create this event, I want to go and do water polo in a swimming pool. Great. Fantastic. And horses. Oh, that's a bit crazy. Um, let's do that. But we might, we're never going to be able to do it on our own. So we need $20,000. Yeah. And if the event doesn't take place, it doesn't take place. But at least you've put your idea, which corresponds to your ability to create something. And a brand, maybe in Sweden or in Singapore, may say, oh my God, this is exactly what we needed to promote our brand on this market. Mm. Let's sponsor it. So I can validate an event that way. Yes. I can, an MVP of an event based on an idea. This is what we want to build. Does anybody want to sponsor this based on this profile? If they say yes, then it's go ahead. If not, nobody's disappointed. We haven't sold any tickets yet. Absolutely. Okay, that's very interesting. Okay, let's have a look at the timeline, if we can, because you said you were early stage. Um, exactly where, if I can scroll to slide nine. So you conceived Xmon in January 18. Mm -hmm. So you're a year and a half in now. Yep. Congratulations That's for surviving it. the first year. Yep. Um, you put the team together in May of last year. Yep. Um, when did you get the product live? And tell us a little bit about the numbers as well, like how many, how many listings you've got on there, how many users and so on. We've got about 50 um, <clears throat> because it, it's, it's a question of quality. So it's, we, we want to get it right. Obviously, you're never going to get everything right. Um, um, you know, the, the, the co-founder of, of um, Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn said, if, if you're not embarrassed by your product when you launch, that yeah. means you've launched too late. Um, that's where we're at. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist, which is not good in, in the startup world, um, but it's very good for other things. And our, my two co-founders, you know, they, they, they push to get things out, which is fantastic. Um, so we have about 50 users uh, and they help us understand the dynamics of what may happen. So we've added a lot of features that weren't planned, obviously, uh, a year ago. Um, the, I mean, the chat, the ability to pay, a, a lot of things that are visible uh, of the event. Um, and that's massive. So now the stage where we're at from these, well, we had 60, now it's gone back to 40. The thing is, if let's say uh, use the uh, Airbnb, when you post a house, or a flat, mm. that, that, that inventory doesn't move. Okay, it's going to be there for five years. An event, it has a sell-by date. So after three or four months, obviously the event disappears. So you need to get as many events. So that's, that's where we're at. So we've had many events um, roll over um, over the past six months, uh, but you need to obviously re-inject events um, that obviously are going to be in the future. Um, so that's where we're at. And from September, we're going to launch a campaign uh, for marketers and agencies so they can see it, they can see the events and they can see the advantages and the added value that it can bring to them. That's where we're at. Okay, great. So you are live. 
Yeah. You, what kind of sponsorship deals have you done so far? Have you actually put it out to the market yet? And just yeah. give us a flavor of what worked. We've done tests so with schools uh, and festivals. Uh, so we've put in contact. So at the moment, it's our early adopter program. Yeah. So we, we don't charge anything um, because we're testing what works and what doesn't. So yeah, we've done uh, contacts with schools and festivals, music festivals uh, mainly. Uh, and that's where we're at. Okay. And what have you learned in that process? In the sense that, what do you know now about sponsorship that you didn't know like 18 months ago? Um, I'd say two things. It's one, it's it's extremely, as you say, long-tailed. It's it, everyone is so independent, and they there is a massive, obviously, competition between each other. Hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. It, it's you have to be very careful of, of what you say because if you have two events in the same weekend, obviously, you're going to try and help you know, these two events, um, but you can't contact the same sponsors. So you have to mm. be very careful in, in who you speak to. Uh, but that it's helped us um, um, be very specific on the added value that each event brings. Uh, so we, d we don't actually end up speaking to the same sponsors because they have very two, well, two very different um, added values. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is um, when you have an event of 5,000 people, you'd expect to have 15, 20 people behind it. Mm. But in fact, there's only probably two or three. Right, organizers. They be, yeah, they become, yeah, they become 15 or 20 or maybe 80 a week or maybe a yeah. month earlier. Um, so they need help. Uh, they they really do need help. And, and so, I mean, most of them are incredibly good. Uh, but, but good at organizing events, not getting sponsorship, right? They, I think that's the challenge, right? That's the challenge. And they yeah. can be very good at it. But you need to have the tent, you need to have the, you know, the concert, you need to have the security, you need to have the payment. So there's yeah. so many things to organize. Sponsorship um, is generally done on the owner's phone. And he goes, right, these are the contacts that I've had. I yeah. know they'll get, uh, they'll give us some sponsors. Um, but it's just to widen beyond their sort of yeah, level one exactly. and level two network. It's their proximity, isn't it? It's the people they know they can pick up the phone to rather than the people who really need that event. Yeah. Um, bit of a random question, but I'm just going to try it too. If you could, based on your conversations with sponsors and what you feel works in the market and where you feel there's a gap, if you said to somebody, look, there's a real need at this time for this kind of event and these kind of people, that is gold for sponsors right now. Could you just, is that giving it away? Is that giving away too much secret information? But if you can give us a flavor of what kind of event you feel really works, because is it like the, the 10,000 sports events or is it the, the 50 people like with the yoga mats on Sentosa Island? What, what do you think is really like big at the moment? For, for me, it's, it, it obviously is quality. Uh, it sounds a bit cheesy, but that's what it is. And it, and it's small numbers. Um, it's it's pretty much the it's the Tupperware 1960s 70s thing is because because your return on investment of getting these 50 people yeah um, their attention you're grabbing their attention um, you can't grab 5,000 people's attention but within that's where the inventory of Expo comes very useful is within the event of 5,000 people you might just want to sponsor the VIP breakfast which is the 50 CMOs that turn mm. in the morning so it, it's smaller events but 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 and, and I think that's the main message. It's brands have so much to bring to sponsors, um, but by lack of time and, and lack of resources, um, they say, "Well, there's money." Um, but they, I mean, they can create. They're the ones that can say, "No, 
I don't actually want to just sponsor this. I want to, you know, have my little activation. Yeah. That some value add, right? Yeah, just not just a banner for the attendee. Yeah, yeah. And the attendee goes, "Wow, this is, you know, this is incredible," uh, because it, it it's just about it's all about the context is yeah. is putting your brand into context, and that's what sponsorship is all about. We do a lot with um, esports and esports organizers of events as well and i think that's an interesting area because you've got that natural tribe of people who you know care enough to stay up to all hours involved in esports and you also have um from the one hand you have people like mercedes-benz getting into esports because they've got the sponsorship departments for them it's just new real estate to sponsor yeah there's thousands of companies that would want to be at an esports event I'm sure whether it's the hardware, the software, you know, the people who are doing training programs for the athletes as they're called now. Right. So, but the problem is, is they don't know what real estate or inventory is out there available to them. So those are the kind of areas I feel that, you know, where there isn't sort of an established sponsorship, you know, like uh, ecosystem and you have very large players who have all the resources, but you have this growth of people who want to get involved, but not, don't have the professionalized resources to, you know, draw up sponsorship deals or even know how to do sponsorship or can I add value to this event? How do I do that? Do I just buy a banner or can I have my, like, my activation area, like you say? So that I think that's an interesting area for sure, especially here in Singapore. Yeah, I, I mean, Singa- Singapore, I mean, there are events every day. Uh, it, it's a very bustling city f- for events. But it's very independent. So, that, so there's uh, so many actors that organize, you know, events, festivals, runs. I mean, Singapore is a big thing on runs. There's runs every weekend. Um, you know, so many brands could be um, uh, attached, linked to these runs and to these events. And as you say, it's just very difficult to find. Um, mm. And that's probably one of the only things in, in the world that you can't find in Google. You say, I want to sponsor an event next week. It'll give you the events, that's taking place, but it won't say what inventory there is, who you yeah. speak to, what time it's happening, how much does it cost, um, and and that's the great thing about it. It's, uh, I mean, it's a very basic um, idea. Yeah, but a very fundamental problem. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I, I think so. I agree. I've seen it myself, and even like you talk about runs as a good example. Like I do a lot of endurance sports. The people are just too busy organising the event, you know, making sure that it's not a disaster, you know, and they have a lot of legal requirements to meet as well. And that's tough. And it, as you know, with event organizing, the, the sort of the, the activity levels peak right up to a minute before and then it drops off. Yeah. So the last thing they're thinking about is, oh, I've got to get a sponsor for this area. Because it might only be a few thousand here, a few thousand there. They've got to worry about whether or not there's going to be a typhoon coming in or like the roads are closed and they're not going to get run over and all that stuff. So, okay. Before we round up, I want to have a look at your team. You've mentioned a few of the people. You've got two co-founders yep. in there. So we'll just flash up the... Um, team slide here. Adrian, yourself, the CEO, who else is involved in this journey with you? Maybe we can do a shout out to these gentlemen here. So, uh, so Mathieu, uh, who's uh, now in France, he's the uh, senior member of the team, uh, the, the more experienced of us. So mm. he's been in the music industry for the last, um, I wouldn't say few decades, but he's been there for a while. When there uh, were record labels, right? Yes. Um, yeah, the Yellow Walkman, I think. um so i mean he's he helps us a lot in through his experience to structure what we do uh to to steer 
particularly towards investors, potential investors, mm. um, where we're going. Um, so, you know, he's the father figure of, of, of that, but also uh, he was involved um, in, in events, you know, had 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people. So, so he knows the complexity of, of, of sponsorship from, from, um, from both sides. Mm. Um, so he's based in France uh, and David, who's based in Singapore, uh, he's American. Uh, God bless him. Fourth of July. So oh, happy birthday to yeah. David. Your respect. Um, so he's he's in he liaises with our uh, tech team, which are um, in Manila and uh, Ho Chi Minh. Right. So you get all your so development they, done out there. Yeah. Okay. Great. So you have th uh, three in your team, and then you have a team of devs. Devs, sure. yeah, and okay. then we're bringing on in the next. So, so I was doing my uh, masters. So for the last two months, I've been sort of pretty busy with that, and right. so that's done and finished. But you're full time uh, now on this. Yeah, I was I full time, but I full full time. Full, that's full, I mean, twenty four hours as yeah. a founder, right? Yeah. Thinking, breathing, living this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I was before, but but when you have something else in your mind. Um, you should, you're ninety nine percent, and yeah, now it's one hundred percent. But that extra percent makes the makes whole all difference. the difference. And um, how are you funding all of this? Because you've been going for a year. Um, tell us a little bit about your funding journey. Are you raising at the moment, and how did you fund it in the last twelve months? So we've funded through us three, uh, because once again, I don't think um, it's necessary to fund. It's like everything else. You know, if you're asking a favor, if you're asking for money, or if you're asking for something full stop, you need to need it and you need to justify mm. that, uh, that you do need it. Uh, we, we've been able to develop the platform as it is today. And I mean, it's a, it's a good functioning, uh, good looking, I would say MVP. There's a few things that need to be done. That's why we've only onboarded 50 plus and we didn't want to sort of market it more because there's been a lot of things going on. Um, so we funded everything on, on our own, uh, which is good. So now we're looking to raise sort of, I mean, we need an angel. I mean, we're, we're not at the VC stage at all. Mm. We need to be uh, realistic, but we need someone who understands what we are trying to do, uh, understands, um, us as 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 human beings and um you know angels today they do invest obviously for financial return but they also invest for for other purposes and they may be associated to sponsorship to sport something that sort of makes sense um in their heart that also in you know in in their financial sort of return absolutely so that's what we're looking for um but we really need a person uh, rather than money technically you know we're, we're going to start um, generating su sufficient cash to sort of run through um, in the next few months. Hmm. But we need to step it up and to step it up quickly, um, we need to get the help of, of an angel investor. Right, okay. So it, it it seems to me very early stage, you're pre-seed, you're looking for an angel who can come on board, who gets what you're doing and obviously can bring in some real value add contacts, knowledge of the industry, Correct. open doors to sponsors maybe. And just how that whole industry works, bring in some experience there. Okay. And um, from the other side as well, recruiting, partnerships. I mean, people watch this who aren't investors. They could be potential inventory owners, potential sponsors, and um, potential team members. Is there any message that you want to put out there to those people? Who do you want to hear from? Um, from all three. Um, 
I mean, we obviously want to hear from um, inventory owners, people who want to have whatever they do sponsored. Uh, I mean, it's it's a no, I mean, it's it's a freemium model. So at the moment and forever, they can say, right, this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. I'd like to find a brand that corresponds to what I'm doing, and I'd like to get some sponsorship. On the other side, obviously, we need uh, marketers and agencies and and startups and SMEs to say, right, um, I'm going to introduce. 10, 15, 20% of my marketing budget for next year into sponsorship to see the kind of return that I can get. So I'm just going to log on and register um, onto Expon and see what happens. What do they, what added value do they bring to me? Mm. Uh, and in terms of teams, um, what I'm looking for and what I'm starting to onboard, what we're starting to onboard is uh, what I'll call opinion leaders within specific uh, communities. So the guy who's into skating into BMX, the guy who's into rugby and football, the guy who's into Baroque music, the guy who's into expert triathlons, whatever. Mm. Because these people um, will find the value in saying, well, I'm involved in this community. If I can tell the people who organize the events of of these of this community that they can find sponsors, that it may be five, ten, twenty thousand dollars, which on paper is not much but it's huge for them because it, it may pay someone to help them for two months and, and get the logistics and the operations of the event run much better and maybe add 10 or 15% on the price or on the margin of their event next year. Um, so, and that's where Expon is. It's where in a huge market in the middle, which is not very much addressed because sponsorship is focused on the big events and on the big money. Mm. Excellent. LinkedIn is a good way to contact you. Are you active there? What would you prefer? Um, LinkedIn is very good. Uh, my page is up to date. Okay. I have my email, but yeah, LinkedIn is very good. Uh, phone is also good, but yeah, email um, and LinkedIn. Okay, great. We'll put all the details in the show notes. Thank you. So you put the call out there. Anybody, any of the above would like to make contact. Anybody in this space from the inventory owners to potential team members to the opinion leaders in those communities to angels who may want to start that conversation with you because maybe they can bring something to the team as well. Absolutely. That's Adrian Pearson, everybody. And if you like this um, conversation with Adrian and you want to support what he does, obviously making contact is one thing that you can do. But if you're watching this on YouTube as well, then do like this video because YouTube takes that as a sign that it is worthy of propagating out to the bigger network and that will give Adrian a boost as well. Adrian, thank you so much for coming. That's Adrian Pearson from Expon, everybody. All the best with your journey and it sounds like you've got an exciting you know, six months ahead of you in getting this out and talking to people in your ecosystem as well. Thanks for sharing that with us today. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Pitch Deck Asia powered by Pitch Media Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us. And feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.